0: You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. UGHD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Townsquare media station. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: morning it is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM Travis Schreier Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon the show as always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section up Tuscaloosa you know what today is by the way Today is Administrative Professionals Day. That's right. You've got someone that helps make your life, make your job, make your business run better, more efficiently. You need to take the time to show them today, and no better way to do that, in my opinion anyway, than Peter Brook Chocolatier. They've got the thank you baskets ready to go. You can call them right now, 205-752-0211. Tell them how many you need, place your order over the phone, swing by, they can deliver. No excuses today, folks, on professional, administrative, professional day. So there you go. You can handle that at Peter Brook Chocolates here. Joined on the program by the executive producer of SFS, Jacob Harrison, and together we combine to form the 60 bit Band of Sports Talk Radio, and Jacob... Based on my timeline, it looks like it's Devontae Smith weight day once again. It looks like we're having another Devontae Smith what-does-he-weigh day on this Wednesday. Is that what you're picking up as well?
3: Yeah, a bunch of people. There's a lot to take out of that Bruce Feldman article that posted on The Athletic 2 that people are complaining about. But the the Devontae Smith weight concerns just continue to baffle (laughs) me. I I asked Dom, our intern in the in, for Gary's show, what's the difference between Smitty playing at six foot one seventy and Jalen Waddle playing at five ten ten one hundred eighty pounds? I I don't I don't
2: get it. It's a good point. It's a great point. But uh, that's what we've got to pick at. You know, that's what we have for a high profile entrant into the 2021 NFL draft a Heisman trophy winning entrant into the 2021 NFL draft so that's where we're at and by the way Devonte, if you're listening to the show if you're looking for some of those pounds I've got about 20 I got 20 I can loan him Jacob I don't know about you I got about maybe 40. we can you got how many <laughs> got about 40 he could have okay well then see we've already got him up to almost 210 220 almost. We got him in Jamar Chase territory now. That was real simple, wasn't it? That's what we're here for. The show that helps, Southern Fried Sports. 205-342-9904, by the way. That's the number to call if you'd like to jump on board with us on a Wednesday morning. I also see Jacob, where Todd McShay, Todd, 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 and Mel Kuyper have teamed up on a sort of brainstorming of three rounds of the NFL draft where they alternate and make their picks. Kuyper, interesting. Kuyper, thinking smokescreen, maybe like Jacob Harrison now. At number three, I see where Mel Kuyper, in this uh, this project that McShea and Kuyper put together on ESPN.com, I see where he has Justin Fields going number three to those 49ers, Jacob Harrison. So there you go. Yeah, maybe they're buying into the Jacob Harrison smokescreen, as we know. Jacob ready to die on that smokescreen hill, which you have to be if you're just going to start yelling smokescreen. you got to go all the way with it. You can't stop short. Hey, we're going to have Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com on with us coming up in the very next segment. Some news to get into with Cecil Hurt. Josh Primo, Alabama freshman wingman forward, guard, really can do it all, which is what concerns you right now if you're an Alabama fan and considering the potential for Josh Primo maybe to be a one-and-done. Primo was very interesting coming out of the high school ranks because if you put the number of years for Josh Primo in the program at Alabama to some recruiting analysts, some folks that had really followed his development and understood where he was at, At the time he entered the University of Alabama, you probably would have put it at one and a half. Not quite a one and done, but certainly a guy after year two, you could see making that jump. But maybe he did enough in one season. And here's the thing with Josh Primo, it's all about projectables. This is a guy at 6'5", 6'6", can play on the ball. You can project Josh Primo one through three. In the National Basketball Association. A guy like Jaden Shackelford, for example, you're pretty much talking about a two, and that's it. So there's the the limitations for Shackelford in play that there aren't for Josh Primo. Again, because of his size, because of his ceiling as an outside shooter. You know, he still projects well as a guy that's going to be able to knock down shots in the future. And then again, his ability to play on the ball his ability to get to the rim, and then he can guard multiple guys. He can guard one, two, into the three position, whereas a Shackelford, again, pretty much going to be the two spot. So we'll ask, we'll talk with Cecil Hurt at the Tuscaloosa News and TideSports.com. Get his thoughts on the news this morning. Not surprising. We talked about it right after the end of the season, right after the loss to UCLA. Here's what you're going to hear in relation to some projected returnees for Alabama for 2021-2022. Josh Primo certainly fit that mold. Shackelford fit that mold. Javon Quinterly fits that mold of guys who really should take this opportunity to find out exactly where they're at in the eyes of decision makers and evaluators at the next level. Put it this way, if this were the situation in football where football players could do this, pretty much on an annual basis almost, or at least after their sophomore seasons or after their first seasons. A lot of guys, a lot of football players would be taking this same route. It's not available in football like it is in basketball. So these, oh, Shackleford, absolutely. Now, Primo, where it catches some Alabama fans a little bit sensitive, catches them a little bit in their feelings, is that Josh mentioned in his social media post on the topic earlier today that he has, in fact, signed with an NCAA-certified agent. Now, NCAA-certified is the key wording there because it lets you know that Primo, even in doing so, still has the ability to return to Alabama for his sophomore season. I think it's a good move in every angle for Josh Primo. He's going to find out everything about where he's at as a player, maybe where he projects even off the court and some opportunities perhaps, and uh, see what the feedback is. And, again, Primo, it's a little bit scary because you see Primo in some of these top 50 for the NBA draft um, rankings. You know, a guy that fringe first-rounder, maybe a second-round guy with some guaranteed money. Some of those things that come into play these days with NBA contracts and that two-round draft. So uh, we'll see with Josh Primo. But uh, not a huge surprise to see him at least go through the process anyway. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolate studio line and some other basketball news here locally. Alabama women's basketball point guard Jordan Lewis announced yesterday that she is headed to Baylor for what will, I believe, be her sixth year, the COVID year, super senior in Jordan Lewis, and that is unquestionably a blow. If Jordan Lewis was going to play another year of college basketball, obviously, if you're Christy Curry, you wanted that to be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Jordan Lewis has been outstanding. Jordan Lewis, when you talk about all-timers in Alabama women's basketball, is going to be on that list if she's not a top five or eight she's certainly going to be an honorable mention. So that's a blow to see Jordan Lewis move on to another program in college basketball. That combined with Jasmine Walker being a top 10 pick in the WNBA draft, she moves on. And then Ariah Copeland, part of that big three from this previous season, from this last season, Copeland in the post, she here recently announced that she's moving on to LSU. Now, Copeland's interesting because she announced that right before Nikki Fargus, the head coach at LSU, said, I'm done. Step down as the head coach at LSU. So maybe not the best of timing for Araya, but uh, three big personnel moves for Alabama women's basketball here, capped by Jordan Lewis moving on to Baylor. You got Hannah Barber coming back. You got Megan Abrams coming back. You've got some transfer help on the way via Mississippi State. Kayla Blackshear is going to be a nice player in the post, I think, for Alabama moving forward, coming from the high school ranks, one of the very best programs in the country you're going to take Blackshear in from. So some things to consider there as well. Speaking of local basketball, shout-outs to Shelton on this Wednesday morning. Shelton State, men's and women's basketball teams, Yesterday, when opening round games at their respective national tournaments, Madonna Thompson just keeps doing it. Keeps doing it. Takes a different team, it seems like, almost every year out to Lubbock, Texas. And when she does, she's going to win at least one game. Madonna isn't going all the way out to Lubbock on those buses. And trust me, they bus no flights to Lubbock for Shelton State. They get on the bus down there off 69, and they head due west out to Lubbock, Texas. And they get a win yesterday, a blowout win over Wabash in impressive fashion. Now, Shelton gets the big nemesis for Madonna Thompson, Trinity Valley, out of the state of Texas. couple of losses for some of Madonna's very best teams. So we'll see how that goes for the Lady Bucks. And Joe Eatman continues to do a great job on the men's side. The men's team for Shelton State gets a win in opening round action out in Hutchinson, Kansas. A little bit of a haul. With the Shelton State men as well. Alabama baseball last night. Alabama baseball seems to like this uh, late-inning drama, Does, doesn't it? Did it again against North Alabama. The boys from Florence came down, and Alabama battles back from a deficit, ends up getting another win. Eight to six this time over the Lions of UNA. Will Hammeter with the two-run single there in the eighth. To put Alabama up for good. Will Hameter, of course. A former Northridge Jaguar. So you'll love to see that. Now Alabama baseball will shift its focus to SEC play once again. And a road trip to the University of Kentucky starting starting on Friday. You got softball at Rhodes Stadium tonight. Might be a little chilly. You might need to take a little windbreaker. Maybe a little lap blanket. You know, If I was taking the chocolate lady out there, probably need a little lap blanket. Might be a little chilly. Ought to be about just right. Probably going to be around 55, 60 degrees. So a little chill. But uh, Alabama softball with Southern Miss in town. And then an out-of-conference two-game set with Louisiana on Saturday and Sunday. We'll see what the weather says about that maybe on Saturday. It might end up being a doubleheader on Sunday. Maybe not. Maybe not. Speaking of softball, did you see last night? Georgia snapped Oklahoma's 40 game win streak. The Dogs beat OU in Athens in game one of a doubleheader last night. Of course, Oklahoma came back in game two and won 12 to three, exacted some revenge. 40 straight games OU had won, dating back to last season, the COVID shortened season. And 26, I counted it up. 26 of Oklahoma's 34 wins this season. Oklahoma now 34 and 1 on the season. 26 of Oklahoma's 34 wins have been by the run rule. Just absolutely hammering, hammering people are the Sooners. We're going to step aside for a break when we come back. Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News. And TideSports.com will join us on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
1: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on band of sports and it's brought to you by Kaneka Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947. And now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at ConecuhSausage.com. Hello again everybody, I'm Roger Hoover. In addition to winning two individual NCAA championships and finishing fifth in the nation this season, the Alabama gymnastics team saw four student athletes earn eight championship All-America honors over the weekend. Luisa Blanco, Makari Doggett, Lexi Graber and Shaylin Olson all earn the accolades, which are based on individual finishes in Friday's semifinal sessions, with first-team honors going to gymnasts who finish in the top four of their semifinal. In all, 78 Alabama gymnasts have combined earned 391 All-America honors. That total includes Championship All-America honors as well as regular season All-America recognition, which began in 2013. I'll have more in a moment. The Crimson Tide's newest partner is already an Alabama favorite. Kaneka sausage is now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Made in Evergreen, Alabama, Kaneka's tradition of making the finest hickory smoked sausage hasn't changed in over 70 years. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Kaneka sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide i Alabama's Sam Desette of Men's Swimming and Diving and Albert Cortina Poe of Women's Tennis have been named finalists for the Southeastern Conference Men's and Women's Scholar Athletes of the Year and the H. Boyd McWhorter Postgraduate Scholarships. The H. Boyd McWhorter Postgraduate Scholarship has been presented by the SEC to the league's top male and female scholar athletes since 1986, and this year's winners will be named on May 18th. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Conecuh Sausage.
0: Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide. Sports one tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather a cool windy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine the high today 60 rather chilly tonight the sky clear the low at 39 tomorrow sunny with a high at 65. We stay dry Friday, partially sunny with a high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide!
2: we're getting closer and closer to that 2021 NFL draft you're hearing from more and more GM types around the National Football League head coaches as well and with that some former Alabama quarterbacks this morning in the old news cycle chris greer the general manager for the Miami Dolphins this morning asked about Tua Tagovailoa said tua is healthy And he's going to take the next step. According to Chris Greer, the kid has been a winner everywhere he's been. And I'm really excited for him. Got DJ Fluker now, former Alabama Crimson Tide offensive lineman down there in Miami, signing with the Dolphins here in the last day or so. So uh, who knows? Who knows how many Alabama alums you might ultimately have, given the Dolphins' need for playmakers. Get through this first round, see what the Dolphins do with some guys like Devontae Smith, maybe Jalen Waddle. who knows. Maybe Najee Harris somehow, some way. Also, Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni asked about his quarterback situation this morning and said it will be just like any other position on the team. Wide open to competition. Of course, that has something to do with Jalen Hurts, who most people expect will be the starting quarterback, but maybe, maybe in advance of the draft, Nick throwing some stuff out there like that, maybe to get someone else, another team fired up about maybe moving up. Never know. Never say never heading into a draft, right? 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. And it is this time on Wednesday when we like to check in with Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tide Sports And Cecil, you'll appreciate this. I talked about it in the last segment. The Shelton State men's and women's basketball teams got opening round wins in their respective national tournaments. And with that, the Shelton State men now take on Chipola Community College down there from the Panhandle, just south of Dothan, really. And the head coach at Chipola, Cecil Hurt. Donnie Tyndall, former Tennessee head coach, going against Joe Eatman tonight. Cecil, how about that?
3: Donnie is trying hard to <laughs> rebuild the reputation. I'll say this: he's he's a good coach. You know, whatever happened, yeah. The um, he's a he's a good, a very good coach. Um, mm-hmm. So.
2: They take the basketball series down there at Chipola.
3: Yeah. Chipola's Chipola's always had a good basketball and baseball program. Bobby Pierce played at Chipola. Um, I think he started his coaching at Chipola before becoming the Troy head coach. So They've always been a good athletic program there. Those Florida junior colleges, a lot of them, are really strong.
2: Tallahassee, Gulf State, Northwest Florida, yeah, they don't play around down there in that panhandle conference, you know, Pensacola State, uh, some good, good, as you said, basketball and baseball down there on the panhandle. Hey, Cecil, uh, a lot of concern about Devontae Smith weighing 166 pounds, apparently, so Jacob Harrison and myself, we've offered to loan a few pounds to him, I'm not sure if you want to jump in on that with us, maybe we can... We can help Devonte out because apparently that's a concern once again. We're concerned once again, Cecil, about Devontae Smith's weight. That's what we're doing today. Apparently,
3: well, apparently the Dolphins um, signed DJ Fluker, so they got some. They got plenty of weight <laughs> to throw around on that roster. They, you can shift twenty five pounds from DJ, and he would never know the difference. <laughs> now, that's breakfast,
2: probably for DJ. You know, I mean, when we get right down to it. Um, let's talk some A-Day. What were you able to sense from Saturday? Did it feel maybe as much or as close to normalcy as it has at any point since the pandemic started? Or were you even picking up some of that last football season with the increased crowd numbers
3: and things like that uh, for A-Day? I thought it it seemed a little bit. Dependent on your definition of what's normal, I thought it seemed probably a little more, more so than last year. Um, from from what I could tell, you know, crowd on the quad and, and so forth. Um, I actually watched the game because I wanted to hear Coach Sabin's commentary and write about that um, on television. So I watched the ESPN broadcast. But uh, yeah, from, from you know, we were down close to the stadium and, and around and tried to get the pregame atmosphere, and it did seem, you know, more like football, I suppose, than um, last year did.
2: We talked last week about potential overreactions coming from a single scrimmage and from an A Day. I thought, kind of in the aftermath, though, it was pretty pretty sedate for the fan base. I, I thought that, you know, kind of what you expected to happen at quarterback played out that way. And, well, when you consider the absences that you had to factor into it, you you weren't given a complete picture either to sort of work with on Saturday.
3: You weren't, but I think, I don't think that Bryce Young, who is the presumptive starter, um, when I say presumptive, I mean, I'm presuming, I wouldn't, I wouldn't presume that Nick Saban is presuming, um, cause he's going <laughs> to, all these head coaches named Nick, I saw the Eagles, you were talking about the Eagles and Jalen hurts today. They're just not going to name a quarterback. Nick's are just mm-hmm. not going to, um, so, uh, but he's the presumptive number one and he didn't do anything. I, I didn't think on Saturday that would change anybody's opinion. You know, he threw for 330 yards and, and. Made some plays, and I think I think most people I think it had been drummed into most people by Nick Saban and by the coverage that there's going to be a patchwork offensive line up to some extent that um, some guys would be out on defense, um, so you wouldn't get a one versus one picture. And I didn't think you know Bryce threw any terrible balls. I, I think people were more excited um about a guy Hall than they were um anything else and, and looking at that other receiver with John Mechie not playing. So um yeah I didn't think it was anything that that caused a revolution. So that's good.
2: I gotta think from an opposing fan perspective though, if you had that scrimmage on ESPN Saturday and you learned that Alabama has somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 players not participating, that had to be pretty discouraging to see <laughs> what's in the pipeline, right? Because I said it earlier in the week, even with that roster Alabama had on Saturday, what's the number of teams at the FBS level that you would take over the team we saw Saturday? 20 players short. How many, how many teams realistically – Would you really put on a list of teams that, oh, yeah, today on a neutral field, I would take that team over this Alabama team that is 20 players short of what it's likely to be come August, Cecil?
3: Uh, In the SEC, (laughs) Georgia maybe, Texas A&M maybe, Mm -hmm. LSU maybe, depending on on, – those are maybes. You know, those aren't. Yeah, you're absolutes. not talking they about, have,
2: oh yeah, they touchdown have
3: favorite sponsors. for sure. I've, yeah, for, for various reasons. I was watching SEC Network uh, late last night, and they had bandy the Spring Gang. So I watched some of uh, the new Vanderbilt, Clark Lee. Wanted to usher in the Clark Lee era in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could take another 20. You could sit, Alabama could add forty guys <laughs> and the talent would stack up. So and that's that's not a knock at Vanderbilt. That's just the card. You know, they have they're replacing guys too, and you know? that's just the card that Clark Lee has been dealt. But yeah, you could you could literally have Alabama sit forty guys, play with play with forty five and beat that Vanderbilt team. Now, man, you'll have new guys coming in and so forth, but I think you could do that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's evolved that it, all the fewer about the Super League earlier this week, but that's what college football has. You know, I mean, it's not an acknowledged or financially compensated Super League, but if you're at Clemson, if you're at Ohio State, if you're at LSU, uh, Oklahoma, you know, you feel like you'd have the, you know, it, and Alabama wasn't at full strength. You'd feel like you had a shot. Sure. Um, they feel like they have a shot anyway, but if you're at that mid range, um, and you start totaling up, which guys aren't playing. You know, Evan Neal's not playing. John Mechie's not playing. Um, so, you know, Malachi Moore is not playing. So, so take your, um, take your players that you saw at that A day, and then plug guys like that in. And yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't say discouraging, but it's a challenge.
2: You know, Jalen Moody, we talk so much about guys that come in and make immediate impacts. And look, there's been a narrative out there, as we know, in the Nick Saban era that on the recruiting trail, that if you go to Alabama, it's, you're not going to play. And, you know, Nick has been quick to refute that with facts uh, and, and pointing out the the number of freshmen that seem to see the field on an annual basis. The other side of that, though, is a guy like Jalen Moody, who, if we're being honest, maybe a year ago at this time, he was just sort of a, yeah, you know, he'll he'll be a special teamer and, you know, a guy down the depth chart, good guy to have on the roster, strengthens your roster through the middle of it. Um, but are you starting to think that like some guys before him that don't get talked about as much because the Ryan Andersons, the Tim Williams, the guys that for whatever reason, it didn't happen immediately. Even Reggie Raglan, it took a few years. Um, you think he has a chance to be one of these guys down, down the back half of his career, Cecil?
3: Yeah, I think he does. I think he, that, that's the kind of opportunity, you know, when you get an opportunity like that in an A day and then you wanna step up and, and take advantage of. It. And they were able to to do that. So um yeah, I think that, that he certainly has ability. You know, some guys some guys just take it take longer either for the opportunity to come or for the the light to come on. You know, not everybody's just immediately ready to go from day one. Yeah. You know, Look at the look at the some of the guys that they're talking about being first rounders. You know, Najee didn't have a great freshman sophomore. Year. Now you saw the potential in Najee. You knew uh, that he could be really good. Um, but you know, some guys it just they take a little while to blossom. And in particular, particularly it seems to me for Alabama on defense, whether it's how you know, complicated things are or. Um, what the roster ahead of him might be but you know look how far Christian Harris has come in in that time now he's he's you know gotten more publicity and more playing time than um, Jalen Moody has but you know look how far that, that he's come now now you start hearing on the defensive line a guy like Jamarian Latham you know where's yeah. he going to be a year or two um, wheres in the secondary, where's where's um you know Brian Branch gonna be in a year or two? You know, it's 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 plenty of guys like that.
2: And when you see a guy like Moody emerge and then even a true freshman and early enrollee like Deontay Lawson that showed some really nice things, uh some of the fan perspective becomes well, Alabama doesn't need Henry Toa if he's out there for the taking, uh, Cecil, how would you sort of look at that perspective, maybe from some fans in relation to adding a potential piece like Henry Tola and maybe from what you gathered from coaches and how they view that when it comes to personnel opportunities that might be out there,
3: you know, Nick Saban really founded on that, you know, and, and he's, he's, um, he wasn't specific on Toto or, or any other player, um, but he's not a—he he doesn't sound like he's um, a fan of the transfer portal, as it'll be. But um, he also says the rich are going to get richer, and I think he recognizes that. Um, that means Alabama, when they go in the portal, uh, they're going to get a Landon Dickerson. You know, they're going to get somebody, and not always a guy who plays himself into a first rounder. Carl Tucker had a supporting role last year. I think it's fair to say, but they felt like they needed a tight end, and they can certainly go and get guys. That's not going to be the that's not going to be the issue. You know, they could they could get a hundred guys. Um, if they if they wanted them but um so yeah, you know, they if, if they felt like they had a real need at linebacker and, and again it comes down they had recruited toe-toe out of high school so they may have a relationship there that they want to do that um but i, I just don't know that it, it just doesn't sound like that that's something that just like the the change from from defense to offense, the trend in college football. Uh, Nick's going to grumble about it, but he's also going to take advantage of it.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk some basketball news of note. Earlier today, we learned that Josh Primo, after a season with the Alabama men's basketball team, going to explore at least the draft process. And I guess in situations like this in basketball. Because of the varying degrees in which a guy may explore those opportunities, uh, the, dev- the devil and or the disarmament, I guess, can be in the details. I think uh, point out maybe some of the, the notable differences and say perhaps the, the path that you know, Jaden Shackelford is taking in this process and perhaps the one that Josh Primo could end up taking in your opinion. Well, um, you know,
3: I think Jaden really probably needs to, to, if he can get in a camp, get in a combine, catch somebody's eye. I don't think he's really high on anybody's list right now, but that's that's why you go get evaluated so you can get high on somebody's list. If not for this year, then for next year. You know, that's that's part of it. Uh, Josh is is more prominent. Um, I, I think Josh's age and, and physical build and so forth. I, I think that the advice he would get would be to come back to school. But I think a um, strong twenty twenty two season on the court in the weight room, uh, and Josh could be a certainly could be a first round pick. Easily could be a first round pick. So a little bit different, um, you know. Josh, I, I think because. You know, Josh has that international reputation and, and international status. Uh, that hiring an agent to sort of field some of that, a certified agent, is is probably a good move for him. Uh, you just wanna have good information. And, and you now when you hire an agent, a certified agent, you don't wanna hire a guy, that's one reason for the certification. Who, you know, one team says they'll take him, you know, with the 53rd pick in the second round and the agent sees a payday and, and goes crazy about that. You know, you want somebody that's, that's looking at um, what the rewards are this year versus what the reward would be um, of a first-round contract down the road. So I think those are the differences.
2: And Alabama still won over the scholarship limit as it sits right now. But I guess these are the kind of situations, if you're Nate Oates, that you're taking into account. Whereas on the surface, it would seem as if Primo and Shackelford and perhaps even another player or two that may or
3: may consider
2: taking a similar path. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. No, I was just saying, you know, Quinterly might enter into it too, so. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, these are, uh, when you're doing math, I guess these are all things that you, you're you taking into account.
3: You have to. I mean, you want to make a smart decision, just like Herb and, and Kyra and John last year. Um, I, I think they all made the right decision, and if, if you're in, Kyra's position, where you're going to be the 13th player chosen, then and, and I think Nate would shake your hand and thank you for what you've done. And I think next year they're going to have two or three guys that, that will probably forego some eligibility. Um, you know, JD's obviously. J.D. Davidson right now would be a first-round pick. Um, he'd, mm-hmm. he'd probably be a first-round pick in this year's draft if he were eligible. So you understand that. I mean, people people decry the one and done and, and hate to see them, but you know, on the other hand, Jalen Thug, you know, that's a pretty good player that, that's out there. So if you can be at that level, then then sure, you you uh, you shake hands with those guys and move forward, recruit, you know, we keep recruiting at that level. You put two or three guys in the first round and. That's the way to attract two or three guys who think they're going to be drafted in the first round when you're recruiting.
2: We talk so much about personnel. Uh, Right now, I guess, Cecil, it looks like Nate's going to be able to keep that coaching staff together. You never say never in coaching and understanding they're still moving pieces within the ranks. But uh, uh, that would be a a big, I guess you could say, non-development if these guys stay together. And, and the success they've had here in the last year or so.
3: Yeah, I think that, I think that keeping Antoine Petway um, when he arrived, of course he, he was going to bring, uh, Brian Hodgson and Charlie Henry with him, but then keeping Antoine is, has been a, a real positive for him over the, his first two years. And I think they'd like to, to, stay the way they are, but you also want to have enough success that your your guys are getting interviews and, and have the possibility to be head coaches. So um he's just gonna ultimately if, if he gets the program where he wants it to be, you approach that the way Nick Saban approaches it. You know? That that you, you see that you hired a good guy when he gets a job somewhere else and you have confidence in yourself as a head coach that you can go find another good guy. Well, Cecil, a week from now,
2: I know you'll be especially fired up because uh, you're going to be getting that Kentucky Derby hat of yours ready,
3: right? Prep races. Um, so, <laughs> it's, it's watching the park out Um So, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking uh, forward to that. I'll have a. I'll have some picks next week. Uh, I didn't well, didn't win any like for or last year, but I'll at least, uh, I'll at least take a flyer. Um, don't see a super, super horse yet this year. Uh, probably essential quality the favorite. And, um, you know, this could be a year where, uh, the long shot player has a, has a pretty good, a pretty good chance. So, um, yeah, I look forward to, to sort of studying the racing forum next week, and we'll uh, we'll talk more about the the thoroughbreds then. So, and yeah, I, I, there's not a American Pharaoh or California Chrome that I see out there this year, but um, we'll see. We'll see where the central quality is. But uh, right now, there's some there's some long shots that uh, are intriguing.
2: Well, our youngest will be up there amidst the chaos, also known as the infield
3: at Churchill Downs. Really? really, tell him to bet the- Bob Baffert. <laughs> Madonna Spirit is Bob Baffert's horse. Tell him you, know, you can't go wrong betting um, Baffert's horses. He, he gets
2: there a lot. So, well, we'll have her. Uh, we'll have her get us down, as they say. You know, maybe while she's up good. there, for sure.
3: Good. That's a that's a that's a bucket lister. So good for her. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. You know, be the there. kids now. The
2: kids do all the things I talked about doing. You know? Yeah. So that's that's always great.
3: A lot of people, a lot of people but, around here like Midnight Bourbon just because of the name, if nothing else. He's a little feisty in the paddock yesterday. He got loose, and uh, you know you. It, that's not a laughing matter because hey, you don't want them hurting somebody else or hurting themselves. But uh, yeah, he did. He gave him a good runaround for fifteen minutes or so, so <laughs> before they got him calmed down. High spirited, so so we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to it.
2: We look forward to it as well. And Cecil, as always, we appreciate you taking the time, my friend.
3: I appreciate it, and uh, like I say, best of luck to. The Shelton, men and women as they move forward in the NG- NJCAA.
2: Absolutely, man. Two gem of a programs that we are fortunate to have. And I uh, always look forward to the runs that they make. And, man, would love to see Madonna Thompson get over that third-place hump and uh, bring home that coveted national title. So we'll see how it goes. Thanks a lot, Cecil. Okay. Talk to you soon, Draft. There you go, Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and TideSports.com. Going to step aside for a break, and we come back. More of a Wednesday edition Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern
0: Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: Frieders, Nelson, You knew him as Prince. Unfortunately, he passed away on this day five years ago. So hence your Prince playlist for a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Cecil Hurt at the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com for joining us in the previous segment. Hey um I wanted to put Jacob Harrison on the clock as we're on the clock to wrap up a Wednesday program Jacob Harrison who will start at corner opposite Josh Job for the Alabama defense when it takes the field against the Miami Hurricanes on September the 4th starting corner opposite Josh Job in the opener I got to go
1: with Jalen Armour Davis right now. I I could see it turning into a rotation and and Kool-Aid eventually taking it over, but right now it's JAD.
2: I'm going to agree with you. I think Jalen Armour Davis in some ways is similar to what we saw from Josh Job towards the end of the 2019 season. Job got that start against Michigan in the bowl game. After Trayvon Diggs elected to sit out, not so much was that the case for Armour Davis against Ohio State, but when they had some guys go out, and it wasn't at corner, it was in a sub-package role, like the money and the dime, you saw Jalen Armour Davis on the field. So I think there's enough trust that's been put into Jalen Armour Davis, and I think Jalen Armour Davis, from everything you can gather and what we saw on A-Day, went wire to wire. With that first group, kind of staked a big claim to that position. Now, look, Ja'Quincy McKintree is going to be especially tough to keep off the field. You still got Marcus Banks that we didn't see in the 8A game. The corner situation from a competition standpoint is as healthy as you could hope for. If you're Jay Valai, coming in there as a new cornerbacks coach, Nick Saban, obviously, with his background and his involvement with that position, it's a really, really good spot right now. Job, you're expecting big things out of him in a contract year. Uh, but Armor Davis been around too. You know, there was a time when you thought Jalen Armor Davis was gonna be Josh Job before it was Josh Joe. Uh, but Armor Davis had that knee injury early on in his career, took him a little time to get back, kind of got washed over by some talented guys at the corner position like Diggs like Patrick Sertan, but the window is right there for him right now. We talk about windows and competitions. Talked about this with Cecil Hurt, with another Jalen, Jalen Moody. For the two Jalens at corner and inside linebacker, it's right now, man. It needs to happen right now. And both those guys look like over the course of spring, they didn't leave much doubt in terms of their viability to be next guys up at those spots. But I'm with you on Armour Davis. I do think Ja'Quincy McKinstry will make it difficult to keep him off the field. Maybe it's even in the punt return game that we see more of Ja'Quincy McKinstry initially. But you even look at a guy like Brandon Turnage in the spring game. You know, Ajay Hall was kind of having his way with some smaller corners, a walk-on safety sub-package guy. But Brandon Turnage with his size He stood up pretty good to a Jai Hall Had a couple pass breakups So a very nice situation That's only going to get healthier In the coming months Once you get guys like Devonta Smith on campus Kyrie Jackson coming in from the junior college ranks And then Terry and Arnold uh, Borderline five star Coming from Tallahassee A guy that can play corner He can play safety He can play star But I'm going to go with the vet for now Just like Jacob Harrison. I'm going with Jalen Armour Davis. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Side 100.9 FM. Thanks again to Cecil Hurt for joining us on the program. Jacob Harrison always doing a great job producing the show. The Lunch Whistle on this Wednesday, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Get by there for lunch. Be sure to check the specials board or ask your server about the daily specials because they mix it up. They keep it fresh, just like everything they prepare for you there at Southern Ale House. Fresh, a key word, a key descriptive, I would say, with Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Sports Talk in the State,
0: Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, windy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 60. Rather chilly tonight. The sky clear, the low at 39. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 65. And we stay dry Friday, partially sunny with a high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. (laughs) Thank you for listening to